se recomienda las dosis de refuerzo de la vacuna contra el COVID-19 para ciertas personas. Para más información visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. Your city, your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Bird, presented by the Podhub Network. My guest today is from Plumborough, Pennsylvania. He was also he also went to college in West Virginia, but it's just too bad he couldn't punt or kick a ball as hard as Pat McAfee, or else I probably wouldn't even be doing this interview. He was a classmate of mine at Bethany College, and now he hosts his own podcast, Dingo Talk, as you can see in his background, where he talks to individuals who graduate graduated from Bethany College, as well as individuals who work on campus, such as coaches, players, things of that nature. Um, please welcome my friend, my guest, Carlo Guadagnino. Carlo, how's it going? What's up, buddy? Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Hey, I mean, I came on your show. You did a little profile piece for me. And finally, I got around to getting to you. It's not that I wanted to put you off. It's just there's so much going on. I finally got you. You're mine for an hour. So <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for it. I don't know how good I'm going to do. You know, I'm normally in the other in the other chair. So yeah, I'm yeah. An interviewee, how I do. So <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about first off how we start off every show. We got to talk about where you came from. You came from Plumborough, Pennsylvania. You're young buck. What did you do in Plumborough? Uh, well, before I got to Plum, I actually I grew up in the South Hills. Um, oh, that's Montana. something I didn't know. Went to Chartier's Valley. Um, <laughs> a lot of basketball, baseball, and football. Uh, there was an I I, I transferred from. Char Valley at the end of my freshman year. I uh, went to Plum sophomore, junior, and senior year. Um, we did a lot of sheets chilling. I can say that. There was a lot of the <laughs> sheets parking lot. Uh, yeah. I now make fun of the kids that sit in sheets parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, as I'm driving away, I remember like, oh, I was that guy. Yeah, and, come on, man. Remember your roots. Like, <laughs> So I, don't make, I, I try to stop from making fun, but it's still like, wow, I can't believe that's what you guys hanging out. You're driving down the road going, that's what I was doing at 16 and 7. <laughs> um, but we, uh, you know, the Mustangs during that time, we, we weren't, uh, we, we were a solid, solid football team that played in a conference that had a lot of really good athletes in it. Um, I had the opportunity to play against Aaron Donald. I had a, uh, Cam Sadler. Um, those are just two that popped in my head right away. But um it was great the the people that I met Anthony Bowser who's one of the people that uh got me kind of when I when I came to Bethany he was one of the people he had come to Bethany two years earlier than me um uh, Ryan Cummings Brandon Plunkett and Derek Emmerich we kind of and uh Spencer Schmeck we all kind of we hung together for for three years um actually first day I'm in I'm in lifting uh coach Romito had made a rule Tuesdays, you had to wear a purple shirt. Wednesdays, you had to wear a black shirt. Thursdays, you had to wear a gold shirt. So I showed up on Tuesday in a black shirt because that's what I lifted in. Yeah. And uh, Plunkett, it's the first time I ever met him. Um, he comes over to me and he goes, hey, you, do you know your colors? Purple. It's Tuesday. Remember <laughs> it next time. Um a couple weeks later, kid's spotting me, and he go. He, the bar drops on like the guy. Kid dropped the bar on my chest, basically. Uh, Plunkett comes over, grabs the bar, 
looks at the kid and tells him to get the hell out of the weight room because you're going to kill somebody. Yeah. And, uh, from that point on, we kind of, we kind of in together. Um, yeah, it was, it was your normal, your normal fighting Mustangs. We bowled a lot at Nesbitt's lanes. And yeah. Like I said, spent a lot of time at sheets and uh, I would, I would be mistaken if I didn't say we hung out in Oblah, uh, junior high school's parking lot a lot we played a lot of basketball after hours nice nice now i remember you me and you drunkenly at bubba's one night you were telling me yeah you know like well, this is when pat max was starting to get big you know he was like yeah this this guy he, he already graduated from plum and he asked me to catch some punts for him and i was like i don't know who the hell this guy is well ends up he was he went to the nfl and now he's one of the he was pretty good. He was pretty good punting, yeah. and he's pretty good at the podcasting thing. So, exactly. So uh, tell me how that all happened, and how you got you got to the field kicks for Pat McAfee while he was training for the combine and such. Bobby Sakarka and myself were sitting in a math class, uh, maybe around noon, and Coach Ramito walked in and did not say anything to our math teacher, and came right to us, pulled us out of class, <laughs> dropped a note on the desk. And we're thinking like, oh, we got to move something for Ramita. It was normal. It was a normal procedure for him. Um, and he goes, hey, go throw your spikes on and, and whatnot. Meet me on the field, which in my case at Plum normally meant that I had done something wrong. And Ramita yeah. was gonna make, <laughs> Coach Ramita was going to make me run. Um, but we walked out on the field and there's this this large feller out there just booting balls away. And uh out of 20 punts, I caught one. <laughs> Bobby caught one and the other ones. Well, let me just say that when a NFL football is coming down at you, it is, um, as a, as an 18 year old, it is something <laughs> that, uh, I, I don't want to say it's a bomb falling from the sky, but it, I had bruises for many yeah. days of bicep footballs imprinted football. Impr I mean, it was, uh, um, and Pat was, he, he genuinely, he's one of the nicest people. Like he is a true blue Mustang. He's, he, he loves talking to people any way he can and helping them. Um, Diggs that's with him. He's also a plum guy. I mean, they, they kind of grew up together, um, but it was great. And he gave us advice and reminded us that, you know, we had just come off of an, an O and, or a one in a one in 10 season. And he goes, Hey, Next year can only get better. Yeah. It's like, what's the worst that could happen? We went five and five the next year and lost to Gateway in the, my senior year in the playoffs. But he was right. We we did kind of we, – we came up from being the second worst team. Thank yeah. you, Connellsville. I will always thank <laughs> Connellsville when I have an opportunity. And I bet Connellsville is now thanking Jeanette after this past week that – Stow Rocks put up 82 points on because yeah. now Connellsville is not the most scored on high school team in Pennsylvania history anymore. Yeah. And I mean, I, that's, that's awesome to be able to have had an interaction with someone like Pat McAfee who has, he always has that optimistic look on life and to impact you. He like, he was what, probably 22 at the time, 23, 24, 23, right around there. Still, he had that good, that positive impact on your life as like a 17, 18 year old. And it's good to know that you guys came from the same place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was um, actually Tony Diggs was my wide receivers coach, my senior year. <laughs> he had just left. He had graduated from Duquesne. He was yeah. a phenomenal ball player at Duquesne. Go Dukes. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, I remember a conversation with Diggs more than I remember the conversation with Pat, just because he looks at me after like week two and goes, you're slow. <laughs> I went, yeah. He goes, I don't think you're going to play offense very much. If, like if you go to college and I went, well, I like hitting people. He goes, we're going to make you a good, we're going to make you a solid safety. We're just going to figure <laughs> out how to now. The problem with that was uh, being slow. I could move forward quickly. Yeah. The other directions, not so much, <laughs> but if you were in front of me and I wanted to hit you, I could hit you. Um, and that'll lead into when I, when we get to Bethany, there's a story from Garvey and Upton and coach Weaver at the time. And man. Yeah. So, Hey, let's go there. Let's go. You, how do you find your way to Bethany college? First off? Um, I went on a rec- I, my dad and I had, we had narrowed it down. There was four schools, uh, St. Vincent, Waynesburg, Becker college, which is in Worcester, Massachusetts and Bethany. I had already visited Waynesburg and, and St. Vincent. They just kind of weren't, weren't what I was looking for. St. Vincent being really, really close to plumbing. Mean, you're talking half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, Waynesburg, it just wasn't, I, I didn't feel that, that connection. Um, I actually went to Becker college and spent a week up there. Oh, wow. That's a long, that's a long recruiting trip. How did that happen? Officially, I was there for two days. Okay. <laughs> I was there for a week. Had a little too much fun there. You didn't want to leave. I practiced with them. They, I oh. There was a former coach. And yeah, they, uh, there was just some different things that they yeah. did. That I was going to Becker College. Let's put it that way. So I for call my dad. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not coming to Bethany. And he goes, yeah, you are. Or I'm not sending you the rest of the money that you put aside for this because it was like a, a two-week trip that I was doing yeah and I went well that is a very convincing argument sir yeah yeah <laughs> um, so I come down to Bethany I actually came down route 50 through Bridgeville I get on campground road and I drive right past it and I end up <laughs> all the way in Wellsburg that's so easy to do though like I don't especially don't understand coming- yeah, coming that way, it's so easy to do because you barely see the campus. So I I uh I made it down to Wellsburg. I stopped. I don't remember if I stopped it. She I, I can't remember if I made it all the way to Sheets or if I where I had stopped, but I asked the lady, I got a cup of coffee and I'd asked the lady, like, hey, uh, I'm supposed to go on a tour to Bethany. Uh I, I really can't find it. And I gotta say, this is flip phone, Carlo. Yeah, I was gonna say this is the time before smartphones, like right the cusp, is not right great. on the cusp of smartphones. <laughs> and I had an old, like old flip, brick yeah. flip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um I I'm talking to this lady and she goes, um, oh honey, where where did you come down? I said, oh, I come down this windy road, I come out to this four-way intersection. She goes, go back to the four-way intersection, go back up that windy road you drove, and um you know, we'll, uh, you'll find it. I promise. Well, it's on your left. <laughs> sure enough, I come up the, the crest of the hill where, you know, you, you can go to West Lib or you can come around and there it is. Yep. Um, I sat down with coach Weaver and he was very honest with me. Uh, it was a different time in, in Bethany football. They had, uh, the, the recruitment really had, had picked up. You had guys that came in with me, Macramard, Chris Collins, uh, Nico Rizari, um, 
think I'm forgetting names, Josh Moody. Uh, and we, he sat me down and said, Hey, you're a, you're a special teams guy. Like, and that's not being disrespectful to you. That's a good thing. We want to have, we want to recruit people from every aspect, but I don't really see you getting playing time further than a special teams player. Yeah. Um, as an arrogant Italian that I am, I, uh, I walked around on the tour and went, I'm going to Becker college. Cause I just, yeah. I'm going to start up there and I'm going to be, the, <laughs> I'm going to be this guy. I'm going to be the guy and whatnot. And, uh, the more I walked around campus and I, I talked to some people, I talked to Bowser. Um, I, I, I didn't immediately fall in love with Bethany. It was, uh, I, I got to meet Scott. I got Dr. Miller. Um, and he said, we really, after having a conversation, he ended the conversation with, I really think that you would be a great fit here. I hope you enjoy the rest of your visit with us. Um, and I'll look forward to seeing you in the fall. By the time I got back to Coach Weaver and uh, James Kazel, who was the defensive back coach at the time, um, they, it was the, the mood the family aspect of what football, the football team had become. Um, and I, you know, coach Weaver was a different breed. He, he was an old school coach. He, he did not sugarcoat when he wanted to yell at you. Um, and I will still to this day, the, the best moment I've ever had is when he would get upset, he would say, God bless America. <laughs> That's um, awesome. So Matt, I can only imagine he, he yelled it into the air, right? Yes, but he would yell it at you, and then he would. There would be other words that yeah. would. <laughs> so my first, I, I decided to come to Bethany. Uh, it was more of a decision. I wanted my family to be able to come and see me play football. Um, my grandfather was old. My 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 dad didn't. I didn't think the travel to Massachusetts was going to be a realistic thing. Uh, little did I know, after I got hurt, the last time my dad was going to step foot on campus was. Uh, <laughs> uh maybe a week or two later and then he comes back for graduation so wow. <laughs> uh, but my first practice uh they put me in one-on-ones with Alex Evans who was a phenomenal wide receiver that had transferred in from Clarion and he cooked me there's no other way if if I was toast it would be burnt on both sides yeah. <laughs> black um and coach Weaver God bless America. He's slow. And Upton and Upton and Coach Garb go. He ran a four nine. Weave. What? <laughs> Al runs a four four. He ran a four nine. What? What did you think was going to happen here? <laughs> Somebody better teach him to backpedal. Jacoby uh, Watkins comes in a year later, and he looked at me. First phone call. I love your size. I love what I'm seeing on paper with your size. I came into camp, and he looked at me and went. You're going to be a linebacker next year. We're going to yeah. beat you up. You are not a safety, and you're not a corner. You're not a corner. Um, and then you know I got hurt, and that was the end of that. Um, so yeah, you 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 get out of football, right? And then you start to transition into where I eventually met you, and that's the communications department. You're doing the announcing. You're doing like sports shows. You're doing all that stuff. Was there anything in between that that I wasn't there for to when you got there? My first broadcast ever was me and 
Professor Mary Elizabeth Yankasek Gamble calling the senior day football game. Oh, wow. That's got to be an experience. Well, it was a, I had to do it for a class and I had to go to Coach Weaver and say, like, hey, I can't, am I, I can't, I can't suit up. I can't be on the dress list because I have this class and I have to cover a football game. I was for Dr. Libby, Dr. J. Libby was the teacher of that class. Um, It was an intro just to get your feet wet type thing. And the person I was supposed to broadcast with me uh, got sick. Early Bethany play. Yeah, yeah. And here comes this lady and, and we become to this day, she's a, she's a, a confidant, a, an advisor, um, a friend, as she really is. Um, but I, I can remember calling the game and there is uh, there is a way that I do things and there is a way that Emmy does things. And uh, <laughs> we did not clash on the air. I thought we, I, I left that thinking, wow, that was really cool. I'm going to be a teacher though. So like, I'm never going to do that again, but that was a cool experience. Uh, When I left football, I did a year with the team as the, I I traveled. I was the, I filmed everything. Gotcha. Um, A little bit in there. I I had some struggles and some struggles and some, I had to really make a decision. I didn't really want to be a teacher anymore. And I remember going hat in hand to Emmy and saying, I, I want to be a comm major. And there were some rules. And as I told you before the show, I will get, there's more that I'm going to get into on, a, on an episode of Dingo Talk later on down the road. Yeah. Um, but I remember her saying that I'm going to give, a, give you a shot, but these are the rules. And if you, if you break them, we're going to pull you off the air immediately. Cody, you've met me, and most of the I, most of the people that are watching probably have not met me. I broke the rules a weekend, and I got yanked from <laughs> the air. Uh, there was a show; it was called Skip, Jimbo, and the Dingo. <laughs> and before our first episode went live, the Dingo went missing, and it oh, became boy. a segment. Where is the Dingo? people would tweet i saw him playing guitar outside of bubba's for like beer money or i saw him at chambers uh he was he was building a wall like it it just got a little out of control you'd see me in 30 places but i'd actually be sitting outside the studio like hi guys but that's like a funny bit to do for the show right so um (laughs) it did not go over at the time i did not believe it went over well with the department chair uh i found out later on actually recently i found i asked i told her this story and she said um yeah <laughs> it was funny we weren't gonna put you back on the air though and i went yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i broke the rules i like, got fair it. fair <laughs> um so then the year before you get there we go that's our first year of game day um so jimbo skip and juice had started this game day idea and they went to waynesburg and they standalone camera and, and a desk and they're going to do everything i remember hearing stories about that desk it was a giant desk that they just carried around with them Every- i i would have never done that no no like we, we didn't, didn't do that to- when i was involved i would have never like i would have never suggested it we didn't go to away games we were yeah i mean we went like i traveled to away games to cover well, even a home game though 
Well, there's we nowhere can... to, there's nowhere to put it on the field. You're not going to carry it around the fence. But anyway, I. <laughs> but we did. We did. We had but it. You did. We had it tucked away in the rec center, and at nine o'clock every game day, we would carry it out. Bobby yeah. Bush, myself. Um, I don't remember if Jimbo ever actually carried the table, but the table was taller than Jimbo, so it's kind of hard. <laughs> to, um, I'll probably – I hope he doesn't see that and get mad. I, Jimbo, you're short. It's okay. So am I. I'm average <laughs> – we're, we're, we're average height guys. Um, <clears throat> but we uh, – Eric Sprouse comes up with this, hey, we want you to want, – we want this game day thing. What do you think? And I, I pushed it. You know, game day 2.0, we're going to really give it a real – pre-game, halftime, and post-game feel. Um, first game was Mount Union. It Mount Union did not go well for the football team. It also did not go well for us as something happened in the trailer and Dumas could not get us, Mr. Dumas could not get us power, but they didn't tell us this. So we so filmed, just kept going. We filmed the whole thing, pre-game, halftime, post-game show. And at the end of it, they go, that was a great, walkthrough it was a great so, what listen so many moments of that at bethany college but you got to be thankful for that that's how we learned you know well, it and that's was... and that's what i just want to for my takeaway from bethany moments like that was where you learned how to keep your professionalism absolutely and i i, I take that from there and it's probably one of the greatest things I ever learned from our department is when everything goes wrong, stay professional. Well, and it's still one of the things Joe Dumas, every time I see him. Yeah. <laughs> a great walkthrough, kid. Shut up, Joe. <laughs> you, I swear. But then, I, you know, we both know you fight Joe Dumas. Huh? He might yeah. knock you out and then go back to work. Yep, exactly. Um, get, you're going to get in his way for two seconds. and He's going to forget about you. <laughs> so we got the opportunity to call some pretty important games that year. Um, I was there for the, for the Mount Union game. We didn't, we didn't get to go on the air. Uh, the next time that we are on Bethany TV and going over the broadcast is the 24 to 21 victory or 24 to 19 victory over WNJ. Aaron Fry with the big pick. I'll never forget uh, Macramard and – oh, no, I'm sorry. That's when Bobby Bush and I were on radio. We called that game on the radio. We did not call that for game day. Um, but I'll never forget, we run down to the field, and first person I see is Coach Garf. And he shakes my hand and goes, we did it, man. We got him. And Jimbo's running over to get Grimard. And Grimard kind of sees me talking to Garf and he runs over while, you know, I just have the radio mic. I'm not on camera. He picks me up and I'm interviewing him with the microphone. Like, <laughs> God, how do you feel? That's awesome. Um, so that was a, that was a great moment to be a part of. Um, and then game day was just game day kind of gave the birth to Bison Roundup. I yeah. mean, and Bison Roundup was just a, Oh, we went through host after I, I was the constant, but we had host out co-host after co-host. I mean, it started with Bobby Bush. Christian stage was in there. Um, Katie Valone did an episode of bison roundup that I did not know. 
Yeah. My good friend Katie Valone lives down the street. (laughs) Her TV debut. This is pre the movie show. Which was where I made my debut. (laughs) I said, uh, Katie, we don't have a we don't have a host. What are we gonna do? And she goes, I don't know. I said, Well, you better go sit in that chair because we're recording in like 15 minutes. So um, and then the next year you guys all come in to really the calm form. I mean, I think that we had built a really nice, solid group of people. We knew game days, who was going to be the camera people, who were going to be the truck people and who were going to be, who were the talent at the time. Um, and I know you got into, you got into it. You really, you really loved Barstool. Was that, <laughs> and I'll ask, I'll, I'll, there'll be a follow-up question to this one. Cause you know, okay. I had to do, I had to do it the other way, um, <laughs> but you got involved and Kyle Wells and yeah. Lily Knight and Nadim and Katie and David Krim and all these people that Kelly Ferrala, uh, Jocelyn Nelson, Bobby, the, there was just so many of us, Lexi Naples. I mean, you, as I'm thinking, the names just keep. Like, yeah, exactly. Rolling. And like, those were like yes. the gold, those were the golden days. Nick, Nick Plesh created graphics that I think they still use right now. Yeah. yeah. So, um, there was a great foundation built and, and you specifically, and we touched on it when you were on my show. Um, it wasn't a, we don't, we weren't competing with each other. We were all competing. We wanted to be better than Waynesburg. We wanted to be better than W and J and we wanted to be better than West Liberty. Now yeah. West Liberty being the division two school and having a little bit more equipment to their, they were probably the cornerstone in my opinion. Um, my favorite story about doing everything that we did in calm was, uh, and, and I will, I will challenge one of them to say that this is false. Waynesburg versus Bethany. We're doing our pregame. And I hear the person, like, I don't know if it was their advisor, if it was one of the people that was going to cover the game, but they went, how dumb is that? They have like a corny desk and they, but they stood on the fence line and watched the entire show. And yeah. Cody, you know me, little arrogance. At the end of the post of the pregame show, I stood up, sent it off to the to Kyle and Josh up in the booth. And I looked over at him and I went, Yeah, might be corny, but you're standing here watching us instead of getting ready for your show, huh? Exactly. <laughs> um, so and that was kind of what Sprouse bought, brought. He knew who his he knew who we were as people um for me it was that competitive we're going to be competitive against other people yeah um, i'll never forget his you i'm sure you remember it the you're now listening to west virginia's number one college broadcasting station yeah we might have been bad west virginia's only broadcasting station but the good but thing that's why we were number one that's the i remember broadcast is you don't have to tell the truth you just can't yeah. lie i remember as a freshman asking someone or even him i was like are we really number one and he goes we're the only one i was like ah. <laughs> i was like i get we it didn't <laughs> we didn't lie we just we may have fabricated some yeah <laughs> um but i thought that when you guys came in it, it made it we were on our way out regardless you guys came in with a very solid 
this is what we want to do and took what what I feel I was a part of building and the rest of that group was a part of building and you guys took it to a another level and um it really showed the talent excuse me uh that that Bethany had I mean you went from behind the scenes yeah to on camera four guys and a uh, four guys and a uh, chick or whatever it was, no, it was five guys talking five guys talking but wasn't Kristen Ewing in there no that was we did that the next year I believe because because okay. Dakota Kotzel had left Dan Seaman I think was gone or he just wasn't involved anymore and yeah that was about it those two left and then also I think Kyle left and then came back again Kyle um, did Kyle things or no Kyle was on that show with me and Kristen yeah. Ewing wasn't it um, you Kristen Linnell and Kyle no, we had Linnell doing like packages and sideline work. Okay. The the three the three main people were myself, Kyle, and Kristen. Now, how did you guys come up with that? Like once five guys talking, how did I know how that story? We covered yeah. that story. Yeah. How did the next show come up? Just who the next show, Emmy Mary Elizabeth Gamble. She's gonna hate that I said her full name, but Emmy, she uh. It was the next year, and she was like, well, we don't have five guys that can talk anymore. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> two. Yeah, we only have two. And she was like, also, I want to – I know we have female talent this year, and I, I want to get them involved. And I was like, of course. Like, And she looked at Kristen, and I was like, yeah, Kristen can do it. I mean, I know she knows softball. I know she knows other sports. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'd love to get her on here for football, pick her brain about football. And I think we had a great trio. Yeah. And we we would do it. We did we would do it live. We would pre-record things. And that went off without a hitch, I, I thought. Um, and then moving forward, I think people just moved on to other things. You know, Kyle, he was probably working on comp stuff. Kristen, I, I can't remember exactly what she was working on, but she, I think she moved on. And that's when we kind of had to, you know, that's when we started to scramble a little bit and make different content. Well, and then you guys had the Bethany After Dark, um, yeah. and it it it, it I, that would have been a phenomenal thing. I wish I would have come up with. I, I'm I'm jealous. I didn't come up with the idea. We didn't either. I mean, we went to a conference, and it was like it was the last conference of the year, and it was our first time going, which it's the most Bethany thing ever, right? And uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, that's is, yeah. There's a definition of Bethany. <laughs> that so the university of pittsburgh had some students there and they were like hey like they're presenting their stuff and they're like hey we do this thing it's completely student run and it's a tonight show we have a host we have skits we have games and we have musical guests and we do it all ourselves all we have to do is like they ask they asked to rent out rooms blah 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 and they had like everything laid out and we just saw it and the person whose eyes lit up the most were Katie Blum. She was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what we need to be doing. Because at that time, we had just done Campus Feud. We had Katie's movie show. And they were winning awards. And we were like, what can we do next? What can we win an award for next? Also, it's that, that competitive nature. Why would you? Don't bring that. Give Katie her credit. She won 
No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lexi won a real award. Campus Feud won a TV college Emmy for best game show in a college setting. Once yeah. again, the same way we were the number one broadcaster in West Virginia for, for collegiately. We were the only uh, submission collegiate for a college game show. College game. <laughs> so it was a very tough, uh, from what Eric told me and what Professor Gamble had told me, it was a very tough decision for the committee. But they uh, <laughs> it was either don't give the award or give it to the only show that fits the category. Um, and that was one hell of a show, I will say. That, that was, was a production. We were there for, that was my years. first time working like 12 or 13 hours in my life. And that was that day, but still, so like, like you said, Katie and Lexi, they won both a telly and there was another one. I forget the, the exact name. Scholastic journalist. I wish it, Emmy's going to be mad at me. It's the one that it's yeah. the society that they, they yeah. Yeah. Um, and I cannot think of what the name of it is, but it was a crystal is what they won. They yeah, won it was the crystal award. Very yeah. important. So they had won that and it was like, you know, you had Katie who had already done it. And then you had Marlon Mejia was the second one to light up who also has that competitive nature in, in this field. And they put it, they put Bethany after dark together as a concept. And then Katie graduated and it was up to myself, Lily, Marlon, mostly Marlon. I got to give Marlon his credit. He did a lot, most of that stuff with help from all of us. And, you know, we had, I was, I was in charge of a couple of the promotions. I thought I had a pretty good commercial that I made with Kyle as a host. Where you pull up in front of Boomers? You pull up in front of Boomers. So here's the story. Got to tell the story. Boomers, for those that don't go to, or for those that go to Bethany now that don't know what Boomers is, Boomers was the place, like, you go in there, you get your, your snacks, your food, your fried food, whatever, and you sit there, hang out, you had pool, you had TVs. It was just like the hangout. Like I always describe it as when you're watching Boy Meets World when they're in college, it's that little like cafe that they go yeah. to. That's exactly what it was. Bookstore was over here. Boomers exactly. was here. Tables and TVs. Exactly. And a lot of people would just, you know, they would go in, order their food and leave and park their car outside of Boomers. I did it too. <laughs> gonna... you, would, you would park outside of Boomers and just put your flashers on. And it got to a point where there were so many people doing it that security was writing tickets. So the concept of the promo was Kyle is going to pull up to Boomers like he's going to get food. But he's going to pull up, come out of the car, and he already has a ticket previously. And he puts it under his windshield wiper and he just walks in the building. And then it was like, Beth, he like slams the door and then on the slam the everything comes up bethany after dark with kyle wales i thought that i was i was like i'm a genius i was like i'm a maestro because <laughs> in real life that worked we that's yeah, what we would do <laughs> if you put a ticket if you put an old ticket on your windshield they wouldn't ticket you again because they already got you because they wouldn't go back and read the ticket exactly now I, I feel like we've we've gone on and on, but we got to get back to you. We got to talk about you. You finish out your journey at Bethany College. I do, and you still live in Bethany, West Virginia, and you worked at the bar, Bubba's, as we've already mentioned. You worked there. 
I saw you all the time. It was such, it was good to have you there. And I, I just want you to talk a little bit about working at Bubba's and the relationship you built with Chuck, who has since passed, but was really the heart of Bethany College. Just if you could talk about that experience and talk about Chuck. Um, well, I actually, I worked daylights. I worked at West Live as a janitor. I didn't um, know that. <laughs> 7-8-3-P as a janitor at West Liberty. Uh, I would come home, eat dinner. Uh, Chuck had a rule. You had to bar open at 6.30. You had to be there. There's bar open at 6. You had to be there at 5.30. Um, Chuck was... I don't know. There's not words to describe what Chuck was unless you experienced that guy. Um, but working for him, um, I can say I broke more things in the kitchen due to arguments between me and Chuck, me and Ed, me and Harv, me and Nene. Sherwin, you didn't really argue with because he stayed at the door. But yeah. <laughs> um, one of my favorite Chuck moments is karaoke is going on. And you know how, how popular karaoke got. At least with me, yeah. Yeah, well, you were, <laughs> you and Zach Lowe, those were the two we knew were going to sing. Um, we're the headliners. <laughs> and it got to a point where you two were the only two singing. Yeah. Then it didn't happen anymore and people were just using it for music. And I remember him walking in the door from a softball practice it was a Wednesday or maybe it might have been a game and he goes I told Double D not to come down today because we're not giving them a free karaoke night meanwhile Double D's sitting up in the in the DJ booth (laughs) he's already set up so you didn't call him and I remember Ed and Harv looking at Chuck and going it doesn't matter how they why they came to the bar if they're here they're probably going to spend money, which at the end of the day was the goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's just a glimpse into what Chuck was like as a manager on one side. On the other side, it was meticulous. The man, we never failed a – we never got lower than a 99 when the health inspector came in. Um, he knew everything about everybody. And he would rem- – his memory, he would remember you and remember your drink, remember what you ordered – what you did on a football field, what you did in a baseball field, what you might've done in high school. Um, Chuck was one of those guys that uh, he, he did get taken from us a little early. Um, he's up there now running Bubba's upstairs with Chuck, with Bubba and, with uh, Bubba, yeah. and Arch. Um, but the experience of working there was uh, definitely a different side yeah. because I went from uh Bethany student that and student might be the loosest term that I've used so far today. I was more of a Bubba's patron than I was a student for a little bit of there. Um, and the best story that I can tell you about Chuck that shows the difference between me as an employee and me as a student is the day I found out I was taking comps. He, he got the call. I didn't. Uh, I ordered two drinks. I finished one. He comes over to me. He says, uh, hey, you're taking comps. I said, that's not funny. And I took my second one and he waited for me to finish. I put my glass down. He opened hand, slapped me across the face and went, if you're not in study tables tomorrow at 7 a.m., I'm going to drive from Avella and I will drag you there. Yeah. Employer Chuck 
goes through some things when we get to the end and we're sitting there on the last night and we have this is the the uh, day before graduation we're sitting there we're having our our end of the day drink um and he looks at me and he goes you're coming back next year and i went i don't think i'm moving out of bethany anytime soon so at that time i really wasn't i couldn't afford to do it yeah um but he when i got hired he had gone through every other possible avenue because, and it's a running joke with the bison and crew, not that guy. We're not going to hire that. We're not going to hire this guy (laughs) because God forbid we hire the guy that the people that are students that he knew will come down to at least BS with him. Yeah. Um, And it came down to the point where Chuck didn't have a choice and he calls me in and Hey, we're going to, we're going to have you work. You're not allowed to have any off days and you need to get another job. Cause this isn't going to, this isn't going to support you. Uh, that's how I ended up at West Lib. And then um, we're talking that last day and he says, so you coming back next year. And I went, well, I don't know. Am I allowed to come back next year or are you <laughs> going to find another cook? Um, we proceeded to clean do the normal cleaning. Uh, like I said, I lived in town. So, um, we did, so we did the wax and buff and wax the floors. We cleaned all the coolers. We got all that done. Uh, I remember the last thing Chuck did, um, he had gotten his mouth worked on and he showed up to put the license on the wall, which told all of us that we had a job for another year. Cause there was a little yeah. bit of a, we weren't sure how it was going to all play out. The Duritzas weren't sure if they were going to continue to open. Um, but he put the wall, he put the liquor license on the wall. And then he went over to Harry and he complained because he had just had mouth surgery. So he wasn't able to have sausage. Um, and I talked to him that night at midnight. I was on my, I was on my way home from work. I had just started out in Washington as the hot foods manager. And he leaves me this voicemail of, I need to speak to the hot foods manager of Washington. I'd like to file a complaint. Your wings are terrible. Uh, and I call him back and he was, he had just come home from a graduation party. Said he felt great. Um, we talked for a little bit and I got a call from, I don't know if you remember the young kid that was like the runner that last year. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the first responders. Uh, and he sent me a text. I woke up to a text that said he's gone. And I didn't know what that meant. Um, So I called him. And uh, so Mrs. Bubba had called Chuck. It was a tradition. She called him every Saturday. When she didn't get an answer, she drove to Chuck's house. His father, his ex-father-in-law lived up the street, either up the street next door or down the street next door um, and had a key. And they open the door and there he is bud light next to him dog in his lap watching watching ncis and uh he was gone and um that day was interesting because you had a lot of us us bison in people we we came back from all eras and and uh it was a rough time it was a rough time i missed the guy every day he was somebody that um it was, a, he's another Pittsburgh guy. He's, yep. he's, you know, we, we had a, a common connection. He became very uh, influential in my life. And, you know, he was kind of one of the people behind the original shows. Uh, Cause there was a couple that weren't great. 
I know you remember because you were at one time, you might've been my only listener. And I still thank you for that because yeah. <laughs> wow, they were bad. Um, but the last thing that when he hung up, he goes, I don't give a damn what the Doritzas tell you about Washington's hot foods. September 1st, you better be in the kitchen at the bar. And I went, I'll be there, buddy. I already told you, like, you think I would just wa waxed all that stuff for nothing? Like, yeah. um, so I, I, uh, I'm glad that I got the experience to talk to him one last time. Yeah. Uh, definitely did not think that was going to be the last time I talked to him. And, uh, probably the hardest moment of the whole thing was we, we get to the funeral home and, um, we had all decided we were going to take a bison in shirt and we were going to put it in the, uh, in his casket with him and they couldn't decide who was going to do it. So everybody went up by themselves individually. We came in the line in uniform. Um, I was the last one in line and I, uh, I, I gave that to him. And then, uh, yeah, it was just a, it was, a, it was a, it was a weird time. It was a weird yeah. time for a lot of things. Cause it was, um, I think once, when, when Chuck went, unfortunately there was no chance for the bar. Yeah. It was Chuck was the closing of that chapter. Um, so it's sad for Bethany people, but for the people that got to experience it, they should know that everybody that Chuck came in contact with that was a student at Bethany, they were, as important to him as anything as as anything in his life i mean he was that's what he 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 thrived off of it he embodied being the bethany guy for a guy that didn't go to bethany he went to west yeah. Lib, played baseball at west Lib. so but so that's that's the sad part of the show i'm sorry i saw you i got but you no that's that's the first time i i heard the story of how it happened and you know just knowing the kind of guy he was in the last moments that you had with him. It's like, that's it's the only way he really could go out. Just being, being Chuck, being, he went Chuck, out on being Chuck authentically Chuck. himself. Yeah. Yeah. And he was such a good guy. I remember he, he protected the students a lot too. And I remember there was a time where our friend Katie Valone was being accused of stealing bottles of vodka, just blatantly, out of the bar and one of the bartenders was saying oh she stole it you know that you know the true story and becca stage put it in becca stage's purse i was there i watched them do it and tried but to they the back door but did they blame katie yeah they oh they wanted because they knew katie's face they didn't know becca exactly so they blamed katie and chuck and was, chuck was like it wasn't her like you're crazy it was probably someone else but i know for a fact it wasn't her so just yeah, no, it was. It, it, Katie was involved. Katie was a, maybe a little bit <laughs> under the influence yeah. of peer pressure. We'll say with peer pressure. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I know the true story because the thing about Chuck was when somebody screwed up, I think this is why he hired me. Somebody <laughs> at Bethany College screwed up. I got in trouble. <laughs> Well, these students, Carlo, Chuck, I graduated. These yeah. kids. <laughs> it's like, I'm done. Don't blame me. <laughs> they are their own people. What do you want me to do? You want me to walk up on, I say unto thee, do not steal from ye old bison inn and <laughs> not bring your own beers because we are an established business. Like, what, what, what were they going to say to me? If I had told you that, you'd have said, yeah, go pound salt, bro. 
<laughs> but yeah, just like and he always had conversations with people. As you kind of uh, discussed, he was he was uh, the softball coach for a time. He was an assistant, and he just it's amazing how much someone what's that? He was Carver's assistant before that. Yeah, and it's just someone like that who, as you said, didn't have a strong connection to the campus before owning or running the business to be able to have that he just added that family quality to that campus and honestly that's probably one of the bigger reasons I stayed after I left football there was a time where I thought I was just going to leave Bethany and I think a lot of people went down that road where you know the guys at the bar and it wasn't it was Chuck it was Ed it was Harv I mean that was a there there was certain constants kind of like you go into chambers you know you're going to see Harry you know you're going to see his wife you might see, you might get to see Mrs. Chambers, old yeah. Charlotte. Um, and that was with the, the building across the street. Like your day-to-day was go to Chambers. And then at night, the Bison Inn crew was always yeah. there. Um, and Chuck really was. He was the, 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 the patriarch, I guess you would say, of nightlife in Bethany. Because yeah. once Bubba died, it was Chuck. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think about him every day. It's. It's one of the reasons I use the phrase "chucklehead." It's. Uh, it's. It's an homage to Chuck in a way. Um. And it's just he. He is somebody that, for the rest of my life, I will. There will be a chip on my shoulder that I will work, as hard as humanly possible to make him proud. Uh, he's just somebody that his opinion really matters. And uh, I'll never have the opportunity to find, to hear him say it, but I definitely uh, every show we do and the reason that, that I started this journey with Dingo Talk, um, it really comes down to him saying one day, you're a shitty writer, but you're really good at talking. And <laughs> I went, you know, Chuck, I really could use some, uh, could have used a boost there, but now I look back at it and I can smile because he's right. I, I am a, I am not a good writer. <laughs> I don't I come off the same way I talk when I'm writing and in writing that it's not great it doesn't fly <laughs> so speaking of your new venture dingo talk it's been going on for a while now let's get into it you said Chuck was like the inspiration like you, you're like I gotta I gotta pursue this what else went into this what was the other inspiration um well we had the dingo himself blog spot, which was a weekly, uh, I would put out about, I think it was five paragraphs yeah. uh, and I would do write-ups. Um, I had an opportunity to go to Buffalo for it. It didn't work out. Uh, I really kind of writing at that point was not where I wanted to be. Um, I then went to 15 minutes sports break with Carlo Um that lasted a full five episodes. Um, then the the precursor, I guess, to Dingo Talk was fifteen or Deebs and the Dingo. 15 yes, Deebs and the Dingo. <laughs> and uh, all Deebs was DB DB Browning. He's affiliated with our show now. He's a he's a behind the scenes guy with us. Um, he was a comm student at the time, and we had talked about doing a show. Well, I. I started working for a security company. I wasn't getting home until midnight. So it worked out. Deeb's come down. We'll do, it'll take us 20 minutes max because we'll probably have to reshoot. Uh, and we wanted to play up the shtick 
of DB is the straight laced going to talk sports. Yeah. Carlo is Carlo who's going to get drunk and he's going to, you're going to hear the kid, you're going to hear the can crack. And uh, the problem became one can turned into six real yeah. quick and they became the tall boys of icy light. Um, and we had, I thought we had a good run. Some things happened. We had to, we had to shut down. Um, I did do an episode or two with Barnes. We had, we had our own little venture for a little bit. And uh, then I took a break. I kind of walked away from everything and just sat and watched and sat and watched. And a year ago, a little bit more than a year, maybe a year and a half ago now, um, Kyle Wells invited me, me and Thad, to do a uh, um, draft preview show. Yeah. Uh, I think I remember that. Yeah. We did three hours of just us talking and then it never came out. Kyle, Kyle. I think I, I think I remember you guys tweeting about it though. Didn't we, you? we promoted it. Everybody yeah. we were pushing it and it never came out. And I, uh, <laughs> I remember calling DB and I said like, man, I, I really enjoyed being back in front of the microphone. Um, and if you go to my channel, Dingo Talk, you can, if you go all the way to the bottom, all the way down there there's uh there's 12 episodes of me a camera an iron city sign behind me a beer in my hand and i'm talking sports yeah uh did not did not get received well i will say that it was uh six six to seven views tops and the average view time for a 10 minute video was 37 seconds i go back every once in a while and check it because it's a uh, oh <laughs> real real hurt um so dingo talk kind of got created because uh the coaches weren't gonna be able to recruit uh the way that they normally have and this was because of covid yes yeah um so i had talked to jt as a one-off show we did the show in two parts and the next day I woke up and I sent Steve Thompson in the athletic department an email and said, Hey, I'd like to do this. I don't want any payment. This is what I want to do. And this is why I want to do it. And it was to, for the parents and the, and the players, this get, you get to know this person intimately and not just on a, that I'm your coach and I want you. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, my second guest was Frankie Taw, who's the only repeat guest that I have. He has yep. been on twice. <laughs> um, and it went through the coaches, as you know, only so many sports here at Bethany. So as we're winding down the coaches and I've thrown Sam Googe in and Steve, Erica, Megan, Joel Bear, they were all really great. And they, 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 they gave a lot to the show. Um, I called Byron who you had on and yes. I said, uh, Hey, you want to come on an alumni show? And he goes, yeah, how are we going to shoot it? I said, no clue. We'll figure it out when you get here. <laughs> and uh, again, you can go back to that show if you want to on Dingo Talk. And, and you can see it's a very hastily written chalkboard Byron Mayer's <laughs> Dingo Talk alumni tour. Uh, and I think we have class of 20 with a space for where we were going to write the year. And we never filled <laughs> it in. never wrote the year. <laughs> so the second show is Grimard. And I know when Grimard graduated because he came in with me. So I made sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then 
I would say about December, we really started to, as a group, as a collective group, because um, it's funny, we do this alumni show and we're all in some capacity. The people that work for the show are either, I have a current student working for me right now and everybody else that's behind the scenes is alumni or had some affiliation to Bethany. Yeah. You have Miranda Heights, you have Serenity Brown, you have DB Browning, Frankie, uh, Emmy Gamble's very involved. Harry Chambers is very involved. KJ is very involved. And then, um, well, the student, I don't want to run into the NCAA and pay in for whatever. So we're not going to use their name and I'm going to use that pronoun. So nobody knows. Well, they got, they got NIL now. They can get paid. They can do whatever. Oh, you're saying you have to pay them is what you're saying. They can get paid. I <laughs> pay them is the problem. So well, this is an internship. I don't believe in the unpaid internship. That's the... You know what? Good for you. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say their name, so I don't have to pay them instead of going <laughs> it unpaid. Um, but they are uh, as important as I am to the show. I mean, I'm the I'm the guy that goes on and asks the questions, but they are the people that watch the every episode back and hey, you need yeah. to fix this. You need to change this. You know, ME came up with the idea. If you watch the earlier episodes, I wear a thermal. I wear a t-shirt. I'm I'm relaxed. I have a hat on. Uh, ME comes up with you need to look professional, a little bit more professional. Give me a collared shirt and 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 something underneath it so that it's not just being the Italian guy with his collar yeah. popped, <laughs> hair slicked back. And that's going back to being a Bethany. I'm glad I was part of kind of breaking the mold of that. But I think now it's kind of been broken so much that it's like, okay, we need a little more. <laughs> like, well, my, my whole thing was, this was even whenever Sprouse was still there. So my sophomore year, maybe. Yeah. What I was like, I don't want to go in front of a camera and be uncomfortable. So what I would do, and it started in the in the uh, movie show, I would do the Kevin Smith. I'd wear a T-shirt that had some sort of graphic on it, like I had superheroes on it or whatever, and I wore a blazer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what I want to look like on TV. This and I did me. that a couple times. And I was like, this is me in a professional setting. You did it well. You That was your almost like, so the dingo the dingo and carlo same same person it's just a play off of my last name yeah dingo is the you know the, i'm gonna get drunk and i'm gonna talk to you <laughs> i'm here and we're we're great and carlo's kind of that but i'm also we're the same person and i i played off of the fact that your group specifically when your group came to bethany there was a group of people that thought that there was a guy walking around campus whose name was Dingo. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was Carlo. Yeah. <laughs> and they looked similar, but they weren't the same guy. And it was always the same guy. I just, <laughs> um, and then, you know, the, we, we went through kind of our group of alumni. I mean, between your class, my class, and, and some of the people that I had gone to school with and the, the rest of the Dingo talk crew kind of said like, dude, if you really want to do this, you need to start, you got to get out of your comfort zone and start asking some real people to come. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, I have struggled with one professor, Mary Elizabeth Yankasa Gamble. We, uh, 
we 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 just have not come to turn we're gonna say terms have not been uh come to yet we are <laughs> we are still as this moment we are sitting we are still actively negotiating similar to tj watt and the steelers we yeah are actively <laughs> trying to get her on the roster um and i have a name for you that i don't know if you if you will know frank calabrese who before bubba owned bubba's frank calabrese owned page two which was the second amendment which was the first bar ever in bethany yeah i've been trying to get him for about four months and this is a shameless plug to show him that i'm still interested in having him on the show and when he sees this he better uh call me back um, <laughs> but it's and you know how to how to get guests it's it's a yeah. struggle i mean it's not a I, yeah i mentioned it in my last episode with uh was it my last episode with yeah hunter homestead yes i told him i was like I was glad that we didn't do anything because like I had reached out to him and things just didn't work out. But I was like, I was glad we didn't do anything yet because it gave me time to relax. Because mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. you're constantly going after people, constantly not getting an email back, constantly getting turned down, it me yeah, messes with the mental. Messes with the mental, man. And talking with him, just, and he was in that state with, whenever he worked at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Mm -hmm. He was in that state of, almost like a rat race to be better than he was and it's like when he said when he stepped back from that he felt so much better he was like you know I still want to do what I want to do but now it's not I'm not trying to be something that I'm not I kind of that's kind of how I took it um, or he, he was able to do it for himself not for whatever and with me it was like okay I'm going to step back and I got to think about it and I was like I got to talk to these people because I want to talk to these people, not because, yeah. not because I want to get the views, not because, you know, that's going to be a good guest. All people are going to watch, not because of the view count, you know, it was more so I want to get to know these people because for a little bit there, it was like, I'm just, I just need a guest. I just need a guest. And now it's like, I'm going to talk to the people whose stories I really want to tell. And yeah. I'm going to reach out to whoever. And if they don't get back to me, okay, I won't tell your story. I'll tell the next guy's story and it won't bother me. Well, and that was, um, so right around graduation, I had run, I had probably from your episode that we filmed till the day of graduation at Bethany, which was middle of May. Yeah. I recorded every day, at least one episode. There were three or four days that I had recorded two episodes at a time. Like I would finish recording send that one off to be put into the file to get edited and had a half hour to, all right, here we go. Um, this yeah, past no, I remember, I remember talking to you about when my episode was going to be released and you're like going through all these names, like, okay, I got to move this one here, put that one there. And you're right here. And I was like, damn, this dude's like all, he got it all planned out. He's, he's on top of it. <laughs> and I, uh, I got to, I got to graduation. I had some conversations with some people and um, actually my girlfriend, Serenity, it was, it was her and DB who we label as my manager because he <laughs> is my manager. He's the guy that, Hey, that was bad, bro. You need to be better. Um, we talked and it, it was time for me to take a break. I had enough stored up and I wasn't, I don't feel that after your episode, I gave, there was not as much enthusiasm as much as it was. Okay. Well, here we go. We're getting another yeah. one. We're going to get through it. Bang, bang, bang. 
Um, so I took a two month break and didn't, didn't record, didn't touch. All I did was edit. I didn't touch anything else. I, um, I, I have some other shows that are coming down the pipeline that I created during that time that we're going to see where they go. And if they some, can grow some legs, love to hear that, but I definitely feel you on the, I stopped caring about who my get not who was watching as much as one i have have a rule now there's no two episodes a day we're not going to do that that day is devoted to that guest i wanted i want the smartest thing to do i think i did that once where i did two in one day and it it, it's just depleting And and it's crazy that i don't think people that don't do this all the time i don't think they understand like well you're just sitting there talking there's a lot lot for us that are the interviewers that we we are very passionate about every project that we're working on yeah i know you are i know that's how i I, that's how i feel and i mean we've had this conversation multiple times um and i've gotten people where they're like well why did you take a break and it's sometimes you need need that mental reset because i was doing a disservice to the guest i was having on because I was, I just wasn't there. I was, man, I'm just, you're thinking um, about the one that got away. You're thinking, yeah. yeah. And, and did I mess up this question two days ago? Don't mess this question up now. And, and you know how we are. I that, still, I, listen, I, I brought that up. Right I brought that up in my episode with Hunter. I said, there was a time where I was messing people's names up every episode. I messed someone's name up and I was like, I can't have that. And that was because it was such a rat race to just get someone, get someone, get someone. And I was like, took the break, got Hunter's last name right. Good to go. <laughs> and that was, I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to give you a trade secret of why I do this move right here. Yeah. <laughs> you say your name and your class. <laughs> I hear it once I can go, all right, that's how they pronounce it. That's how we're going. Exactly, yeah. Um, I do have to ask you a question. What's up? Is that Jason Bay or Jason Kendall behind you? Because I keep looking at it and it makes me happy. Oh, it's Kendall. How do you not uh, know? Look at that handsome son of a bitch. My man, he's he was he was the best cat with the with the big jaw with the big old wad in. That was yeah. the, the greatest catcher in Pirates history. For this me. is how much I love that man. I went on eBay and I got this for twenty five bucks. Graded 10 rookie card, Jason Kendall. It was 25 bucks on eBay. I'm like, uh, yeah, he's my favorite Pirates catcher of all time. I'm Jumping on that. that one. Exactly. Yeah, I love that, man. I've had this since I was a child. I finally put it in a frame. It's got some wrinkles. It has some age on it, but that's it's the beauty. Got, it's got the perfect amount of zest. We'll say. You got it. <laughs> um, exactly. So that's how the show kind of came down. We uh, we have some exciting guests coming up. Um, I, I'll spoiler: Charlotte Chambers is our homecoming episode this year. There we go. Uh, so make sure you inside scoop back. there. If you're going to be back, make sure you stop into Chambers and you're one of the first ten people to tell Harry that you're a chucklehead because I am running for one time only. We're bringing it back, and there will be free breakfast sandwiches to the first ten people that. Hey. Uh, call themselves a chucklehead and that they watch dingo talk um so there's the spoiler um i have a couple other shows where i'm gonna get behind the camera and do more of the directing the, oh nice 
setting some things up. I have some people I think that are that are talented that just need a platform. And yeah. It's kind of where I want to go with this. I want to I want to give a platform that um whatever you want to talk about if you want to be someone that you want to talk sports we'll give you a sec we'll, we'll give a, we'll build out a whole day for you if you want to um and i i have a face for radio cody i i me nobody, has told, nobody has told me this and i keep getting in front of a camera and then people go hey <laughs> your voice is great but like you know your face and i went yeah i know face for radio <laughs> I, I can't help it this is what i was given so uh, but that's the that's the dingo talk story. I mean, we're here. We're uh, we're gonna get to 100 episodes, and I think we're gonna move on from Bethany. Uh, yep. The 100th episode. I don't think I'll abandon Bethany completely, but I will uh, want to focus a little bit more on on. And it's like it, it's it's good because so far you have chapters of your show. The first chapter is you did recruiting, and you helped the coaches, and you helped the school. You're like this is it. Like, I'm, I'm going to talk about the things I love and that's Bethany sports. Yeah. And you talked about that for the latter half of your time there. And it was, it's perfect. You know, it, you talk about it. The second thing is, you know, the people of Bethany, that's your second chapter. And you've been able to talk to some amazing people that came from our school. Uh, I believe you talked to Dave Sims, who is the announcer for the Seattle Mar Mar yeah, Mariners. Mariners. Yep. Mariners. Um, on Sirius X, or he does his own stuff on. He Sirius does the XM. show with Coach K on Sirius XM. Yeah, exactly. Who is also a Western PA guy? I got to talk to him. <laughs> but, Coach K, get on the show, man. Exactly. But that's the thing is, you've had so many amazing guests through this time. You've grown your platform, and what's most important is the Bethany community has backed you this whole time. They've given you your. They've given you their time, and it shows. It shows in your numbers. It shows everywhere that I see you uh, promoting your stuff. So, Carlo, with that, we're going to send you off. Just give give everybody your your um, your ats, your tweets, your – give them all that stuff. <laughs> all right. Sound like an old man over here. We uh, we just, just launched a, an Instagram page. I know I'm behind, but I'm old, guys. Leave me alone. I'm still learning the social media. I just rebooted mine, so. <laughs> uh, the – uh, Instagram page is dingo underscore talk. Uh, the Twitter page is dingo talk and the YouTube page is dingo talk. If you want to watch me, it's Carlo eight, eight, four on, uh, Instagram, uh, dingo eight, eight, four, I think on Snapchat or Carlo eight, eight, four. It's one of those two. It's dingo eight, eight, four. Yeah. Dingo eight, eight, four. Listen, if you, if you need to find me <laughs> type dingo eight, eight, four, and you're going to get me it's it, dingo himself on twitter the uh, there's there's a lot um cody thank you so much for having me it's a uh, pleasure to have you my friend everybody make sure you like like this video because i'm in it but also because it's cody subscribe <laughs> to his channel keep watching him support him the guy's gonna be he's gonna be something where if you don't get on his show you're gonna be like man i knew that guy he invited me to be on his show and I got on his show. So get on his show. Come That's on. That's a hell of an endorsement, brother. And I appreciate it. Thanks for Thank talking. With it was great. It was great to do this on the other side. I it's, uh, it's been a very long time since I sat on the other side of a, uh, am I sweating too much? I'm a, I get a little nervous. There was, a, I'm normally the guy in control of the questions and, 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 you know, Cody, he's always been there to, I'm going to ask you questions.
<laughs> Absolutely. So, thank you for having me, buddy. It was it was a pleasure, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad to be a part of this. Yeah, thank you, my man. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over, the new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today at our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. All right, we're at home with Claire, who is warming up for a bit of boxer size. Yep, she's welcomed in the new year with a fancy new workout setup. Look at that branded punch bag with matching gloves. And that gorgeous coordinated athleisure. So coordinated. She is working out and working it. Well, with prices this good on designer workout gear, how couldn't she? Whoa! She's back on the sofa. With her feet in an excellently priced foot spa. Iconic. Get those toes to Marshalls. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices. At Marshalls.